If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. This episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about love languages. That's right, we're talking about the different ways that people communicate their affection and communicate to other people how they how they feel about them, why they appreciate them, you know, how they appreciate them, and then also how we like to receive those languages, which is a really important part of it. This is something that um, I've actually been talking about this now with a number of different partners, uh, and Dedeker and I just spent the last like two hours talking about this, pretty much. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we're excited to to talk about this topic. So uh, uh, yes, yeah. So like, you know, the the love languages theory was started by Gary Chapman. Is he a doctor, Gary Chapman? He's just a regular. Gary oh Chapman. no, he's a, he's a doctor. From, oh, he's a doctor from a seminary school. Oh, so like but, it's like a but he is like a PhD. A doctor. He's a PhD. He's a he's a god doctor, Gary Chapman. Yeah, yeah, god doctor, okay, got Gary Chapman. Okay, yeah, so god doctor <laughs> Gary Chapman, all the way back in 1995. <laughs> this is the best title ever. I want to go back <laughs> to school so I can be called. Become <laughs> a god a god doctor. God doctor. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Anyway, as I was saying, God Dr. Gary Chapman yep. in 1995 released this book called The Five Love Languages mm-hmm. and took off like freaking wildfire. Yep. Sold like hotcakes. Sold like hotcakes in a wildfire. Um, uh, okay. All right. We'll go with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, super, super popular. I mean, I think to this day it still gets on like the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, totally. It's It's still, you know, going strong. And there's a bunch of, course, of spin-off re- books that he's written too. Yes, as a result of his popularity, like yeah. like God Dr. Gary Chapman has built an entire empire. Like there's the five love languages like for your teenage kids. There's the five love languages for the single person. Um he's gone on to yeah. create theories about uh actually languages of apology and languages mm-hmm. of appreciation. The languages of apology one is actually quite interesting. It's kind of like different ways that people can accept apologies and like what's more meaningful to them. Is it more meaningful to be like, hey, I'm sorry, and in the future I'll be better? Or to say, hey, I'm sorry, I acknowledge that this is the thing that I did and I'm sorry for that? Or is it better Mm. to say like, hey, I'm sorry, and I'm going to do this thing to make it up to you? So, like, kind of all these subtle differences in ways that, that people receive apologies that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, the background is that, you know, this comes from an evangelical pastor. Um, mm-hmm. And so the book is not necessarily accessible to everybody for those reasons. However... And, um, and there's even theory- some stuff that he says in some anecdotes or in interviews that we just blatantly are like that's kind of terrible to say so <laughs> so like we're you know, this is sort of our disclaimer here that yeah yeah there's also yeah, yeah so i think you were about to say that there's no research backing this up at all 
Right. Yeah, there's no research backing it up. But I mean, a lot of people have, obviously, the book is super, super popular. A lot of people do attest to the fact that, like, thinking about their communication in this way has really opened up their eyes and has really, like, affected their relationships. And I would count myself as one of those people. Yeah, um, I would too. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That, like, in learning about the theory of different love languages, like, it really has kind of unlocked different ways to think about my relationships and different strategies to try for creating intimacy and for getting through to my partners. It's not necessarily like the only theory or the only strategy that I will employ when I'm trying to communicate love or affection to my partners. However, it has been one that I that I do think about a lot and that I think actually is quite useful for people to know about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and um, so, so with those disclaimers <laughs> out of the way, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about why, like, why this is something that is useful. Like, how has this affected our lives in terms of how we communicate with our partners? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that as far as it applies to being in polyamorous relationships, I know in polyamorous relationships, you tend to spend a lot of time. Uh, being very reassuring, you know? I mean, obviously it depends on kind of the security of the people in a particular relationship, but like Mm -hmm. if your partner's feeling insecure, like the best strategy for that is, is offering like reassurance and offering Mm -hmm. love and offering affection, you know? Um, And I found that knowing a person's love language, like knowing your partner's love language and being able to offer them reassurance in their language goes so much, so much further. Yeah. You know, because like, Like, for instance, for one partner, like if their love language, which we'll we'll get into later in the episode, breaking mm-hmm. down each one, um, if they respond to words of affirmation, if they respond to kind of verbal reassurance, that that goes very far for me to just kind of verbally reassure them, like no, like you're you know you're you're special and I love you and like this is what I appreciate about you. Mm-hmm. Versus with another partner, that may not go as far, or they they may not just feel that, or it may not yeah. be as meaningful to them. And and at risk of sounding a little bit too, um, you know, utilitarian or a little too like life hackery. Uh, also, like something that comes up a lot in polyamory is this idea that you know, love is infinite, but time is finite, that you only have so much time. And so with this too, it's if you know, not only for yourself, but also for your partners, what are the things that we can do together that are most going to have them feel loved? Like most have Mm -hmm. them value that time that we have together since it's not infinite. And maybe I am splitting that between other partners or, mm-hmm. you know, they are with me, like, how can I get the most sort of of that affection that I want by knowing their love language and them knowing yours can help you to kind mm-hmm. of maximize that and really mm-hmm. get all those good feelings that you want to get from the time that you do have together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So with that, I mean, let's hop into it. Yeah. With, I mean, so God, Dr. Gary Chapman, which I'm, he's that's okay. always what's okay. what he no, is now. I have that's a question. Is there any school what's... I could go to to become poly Dr. Jace Lindgren? Like God, Dr. Gary Chapman? You want to be poly doctor? Well, like I don't to know. get an official title? Well, to get a PhD from someplace think... that... You, you would, would have call to me go poly to some doctor. kind of like sex education credentialing school, yeah, yeah. you know, and then I think that you you could get away with okay, wait, because people get like get called like sex doctor so and so, like Doctor Ruth. 
That's true. I think you'd have to do that, and then you could pull That's off true. being Polly Doctor Jason Grimm. What if we started a religion out of multi-amory, and then created a, mm-hmm. a seminary school, and then I could get a PhD from there? Uh, I see zero flaws in this plan. Okay, great. Let's execute. Perfect. Done. Okay. All right. Moving Done. on. So there are five love languages, as identified by God Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, <laughs> quick overview. <laughs> Those five are acts of service, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Uh, so we're going to go through these one at a time. And then at the end, we're going to talk about some ways that this uniquely applies to polyamory, um, which I like to think that God, Dr. Gary Chapman would be really stoked that we're applying this to polyamory. That's that's great. Or just really scandalized and think that yeah. we're destroying his beautiful I'm pretty his sure that his brainchild. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that as a pastor at the Calvary Baptist Church in North Carolina, he would be stoked about how much love <laughs> we are helping to share his languages with. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, great. So let's start with the first one is acts of service. Okay, acts of service. Honestly, I hate that it's called acts of service because that just makes me think of like volunteering at a soup kitchen. Not that I, I hate <laughs> the idea of volunteering at a soup kitchen, but it yeah, just, geez. I don't know, the image is like not very sexy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think in practice, it's much more sexy. Well, sure. Yeah. So like my, for whatever reason, the big one that comes to mind for me for this is my stepdad actually is someone who once I like learned about love languages and took the little online quiz and, and was thinking about it, I was like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's his for sure. Mm. Um, and it was an interesting one cause that's not a high one for me or for my mom. And so that was, uh, you know, sort of a, an issue of conflict that like he would do this thing that like didn't mean as much to us, but to him was like his way of showing love. Um, mm. And so that one kind of really resonated with me in terms of like how important understanding this kind of stuff is. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Um, So obviously it's, you know, seems pretty self-explanatory, you know, access service includes things like just doing things for your other partner. It could be going to run errands for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I mean, like, what other examples? Like, Well, a lot of the examples are, are like, doing something for you when you're busy. It's like yeah, you're, yeah. you're busy and stressed at work, so they, like, clean the house for you, or they prepare yeah. dinner, or they, like, yeah. or you're sick, and they, like, run out and get you things, you know, mm-hmm. when you're sick, or something like that. It's kind of like helping you out when you're sort of not able to do it yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Or I suppose maybe you just don't know how to do it yourself. Like maybe they Mm, fix your car if you don't know how to do that, or they right help you with your taxes or like something like that, that like they might have a knowledge that you don't or a skill that you don't, that that Mm -hmm. act of service is, is an important way of you like that. That makes you feel really important to someone if they're willing mm-hmm. to put that time and effort into doing something for you. Yeah, definitely. And I found, I mean, like, we were just talking about this a lot, that recently, because I've been spending more time with a particular partner of mine whose love language is really heavily, very strongly, intensely acts of service, that it's mm-hmm. really made me adjust to receiving that a lot more and finding mm-hmm. a lot more meaning in that. Um, at the same time, but I think that is also a more recent thing, like, because what comes to mind is, like, when I was finishing up the book manuscript, 
Um, and Jason and I were spending a lot of time together during that process. Mm-hmm. Like anytime he did something, like whether it was like, okay, like I'll research this for you. Or even if it's like, okay, well, I'll go get coffee for you. It was just like, oh my God, like such a relief. Mm-hmm. Um, like meant <laughs> so, so much to me. Um, kind of just based on the circumstances of that, of being super busy and super stressed and really preoccupied. Hmm. Um, wow. That it kind of, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. That it kind of shook up necessarily what my love language was at that particular moment. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that segues nicely into my number one love language, which is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So just hearing you mm-hmm. talk about how much you appreciated that, Aww. I'm feeling all tickled and, and, Aww, and tickled. good now and glad that Aww. I was able to help with your glossary and bibliography and <laughs> links and all those things. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so words of affirmation, um, you know, this one is also pretty self-explanatory. I mean, really all of these are, are pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's that it's really conveying to someone what you appreciate about them. And one thing that's important to note about this, just in general about expressing appreciation for people is being specific. Like mm-hmm. in that example, Dedeker was talking about something very specific that I did, or like if I receive a compliment from a partner that's a very specific compliment. It's like, I really like, you know, the way that you, um, I don't know, like phrase things in a way that's like very well thought out, even as you're just figuring something out when we're talking about something serious. And that makes me feel really safe to talk to you or like, it, you know, super specific. That was like the longest compliment I've ever heard in my life. That's hardly the longest compliment you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> You've it's up there. You've been dating me for three years. I'm sure you've heard <laughs> longer, more complicated compliments. Uh, right. But so it's that it's like being very specific and being very unique to that person that it's not just sort of mm-hmm. a general like I love you or just a general, you know, even though those are great, too. But it's mm-hmm. kind of being, you know, being really specific, but yeah. doing it verbally, whether it's yeah, written and it could be or things. It could out be- loud. Yeah, it could be compliments, you know, it could be compliments on their appearance or mm-hmm. maybe something encouraging if they're struggling or, yeah, you know, being verbally supportive if they're kind of having a rough time or expressing that, you know, you're proud of your partner for accomplishing something. Um, mm-hmm. Just that. Lots of all verbally based positive things. Yes. Yeah. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. 
Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Time to hop back in? Yes. Bring us back. Okay, so the third one that we'll get to is receiving gifts. And now for Jason and I, this is, for both of us, it's the lowest one that Mm -hmm. we respond to. Um, Emily, though, is definitely a receiving gifts. Yes. uh, Fluent language person. Like, She's I'd into say that's, that. that's her that's that. her native language. Both both giving and receiving <laughs> gifts. Like not like I mean I'm not saying Emily's just like a freeloader. <laughs> right. No, she's one of the best gift givers the I've ever known. She's also yeah, like, one of the best gift givers in terms ever, of seriously. Getting big like significant gifts for people but also like really well thought out gifts that are yes, really very like a lot of thought goes into her gift giving. Yes. Um and this is something that like Dedeker was talking about with um you know, being with a partner who acts of service is a big thing for him, that that's kind of made her value that higher. Uh, you know, in the time that I've known Emily and, and when I was with her, like, I really learned to appreciate both giving and receiving gifts in a way that I that is not as normal for me. Um, mm. Because I came to understand, partly through the love languages, that that is something really important to her. And so when I would receive a gift from her, it wouldn't be my normal reaction of, of receiving a gift, but it like had an extra meaning because I knew that that was her primary love language. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, and then Dedeker, you were bringing up the interesting point of, of a gift doesn't have to be a physical thing. Yeah. Well, that's, that was my question is cause like, I know that for myself, I think I respond to gifts that are experiential more so than tangible. Mm-hmm. Like, like the idea of someone buying me, like, hey, here's tickets to a concert versus, hey, here's like a PS4. <laughs> I mean, like both of those things, are, like both of those things are awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally agree. Both of those things are awesome. But for some yeah. reason, like, I feel a little more inner excitement about the like, hey, I bought you tickets to a concert versus, hey, I bought you a PS4. Right. That is about an experience. Yeah. yeah. Or you were saying like so even like a nice dinner or a. Spa yeah, even something, something that's like, hey, like I'm yeah, I'm gonna take you out to just a fancy dinner, or hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy you like as a bottle of wine is tangible. Um Is it though? But it's not something you keep. It the... It's not the same as like Yeah, exactly. I exactly. bought you a, a painting that you're gonna yeah. keep. It's like a thing you consume and you experience it and then it's done. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so anyway, so receiving gifts is is that, mm-hmm. and it's kind of about like that that thought you put into the gifts is part of the expression of love, um, and mm-hmm. that's an important thing to understand for people who you know receiving gifts is a big thing for them. And part of it is also again with the gifts thing. I think the emphasis is that it doesn't have to be big gifts like a PS4 or concert tickets or whatever. That it can also be just like t 
teeny tiny gifts that someone picks up for you in the course of their normal day. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Just like the, Hey, I was thinking of you and got you this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? Okay. The next one is quality time. Uh, so quality time is also one that uh, scored pretty highly for Dedeker and myself. Um, Mm -hmm. and so this one I think is actually the one that needs the most explanation of the five to really clarify what quality time is. And this is actually something that we've talked about before on this podcast. Um, because it does relate to this idea of, you know, one of the fears people have when opening up a relationship is that they're going to have less time with their partner. Or, you know, maybe you have a partner who's upset about feeling like they're getting less of you now. Uh, And part of that can be helped, at least with spending that time as quality time. Uh, And what that means is that it's time that's really dedicated to being together or doing something together. That it's not just, hey, we're both working and we're in the same place. Or it's not just Mm -hmm. like, hey, let's hang out and like you'll read a book and I'm going to play video games or something like that. Like, I I mean, I love that kind of time. But that's that's still I mean, according to God, Dr. Gary Chapman, (laughs) that's still that can still fall under quality time like that, that people can really respond to this idea of like i just like being around the person that i love even if we're mm-hmm. not like doing something specific together even if mm-hmm. we're not like going out to the movies or or going out to dinner um but i think like that differentiates from like hey we're going to spend time together but like we're going to do housework together yeah okay i guess you know? you're right i i should clarify so so yeah like watching a tv show or a movie or playing games together or something like that is quality time but not if it's like hey i'm going to you know work on our taxes for this year while we yeah. hang out or like, Hey, let's, let's hang out during my lunch break, but I'm going to be working during it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of about, it's about sort of setting that time aside to be with your partner, regardless of what it mm-hmm. is that you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Or like for myself and Dedeker in a long distance relationship, it's about setting aside a time, you know, setting time aside to be on Skype or, you know, to, to actually, talk with each to other be on skype when we're not trying when to we're not podcasting a podcast because <laughs> that's the thing is like we actually spend like a decent amount of time together but it's it's trying to find the time that is like when we're both just like relaxed mm-hmm. and don't want to talk about like business stuff or stuff or multi-amory or talk about like super super serious stuff like when we can just like be silly and relaxed right. and maybe just hang like, out watch a movie or yeah or yeah. like watch youtube clips together or something yeah yeah yeah, 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 definitely. But that's something that like we've had to be very conscientious mm-hmm. about uh, to make sure yeah. that 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 time gets structured in mm-hmm. and doesn't get lost in the like, well, whatever. Like, I'll talk to you tomorrow when we're recording the podcast. Um, right, exactly. Recognizing that yeah. it's different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I think that's also just as a side note is important for when people live together. Like that's yes, that's, definitely. You know, for us, like working together essentially is one trap, and I think living together is another one mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I'm going to see you tonight when I get home rather than like, yeah. Hey, let's actually make time to be together regardless of what it is yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the last one of the five is physical touch. Uh, this one uh, is also very high for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's any kind of, it's, you know, it's handholding, it's cuddling, it's a hug or a kiss, uh, you know? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to include any kind of sexual right. touch. Right. 
Right. Yeah. But it's just that, like, this is one that I notice for myself kind of even more with um, with certain friends. That it's yeah. like, if a friend will, like, put their arm around me or, like, or, like, I don't know, it sounds so weird, but, pat, like... Pat your bottom? Pat me on the back or something. Or just <laughs> sort of, like, make a physical contact of mm-hmm. some sort. Even just in that kind of playful way, it, like, makes me feel like, oh, that's awesome. Like, mm, I feel I feel really, like, cared about. Like, that friend really feels huh. feelings for me. Um, anyway, yeah, it's something I've noticed. I've noticed it actually lately, especially at work, with, like, some of my oh, work yeah? friends. Because, you know, work isn't okay. a place where you're going to be, like, be cuddling and everybody. holding hands and whatever. But, like, if someone does, they're sort of standing next to me and, like, you know touches me like with their arm a little bit and it's just like hey like how's it going how you feeling or like mm-hmm. you know puts their arm around me just for a second to give a little side hug or something like i find mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's really awesome like it makes me feel very hmm. appreciated yeah interesting yeah so something that god dr gary chapman does emphasize with physical touch <laughs> sorry um, it makes me laugh every time you say his name i love it <laughs> I, I can't go back now yeah okay go on um so what God Dr. Gary Chapman does emphasize with the physical touch is that it's also um, feeling free and feeling comfortable to give and receive physical touch with your partner when you're in public mm. and when you're around other people. That that's yeah. actually another part of this, that it's not like, oh, you're just affectionate me- with me when we're like in bed or when we're at home and it's just the two of us, but also like when we're out with our friends or with each other's families that we do feel comfortable uh, touching each other. Yeah. And Jace, um, we experienced something very different in different cultures, particularly when we were in Japan. Yeah. yeah? I just wanted to tell a little story because, yeah, physical affection is not something you do in Japan. Not no something couples, they do in Japan. No, no married couples do it. No, no one does it. Um, some no, young I know, like, kids you do and it. I would be on the subway together and, like, even, like, holding your hand, like, putting my arm around your waist, felt, like, I could feel people staring. It felt, felt like really we weird. were, like, making out and feeling each other up on the yeah, train. Exa- like, exactly yeah, exactly, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the story was, uh, I was, I was listening to a dialogue in my Japanese lessons about a, a guy who got married and his friend is asking him like, Oh, how was the wedding? You know, what was that like? And the comment the guy gives is like, Oh man, it was really like weird and uncomfortable and embarrassing to have to kiss in public at their what? wedding. <laughs> I was just like, that's, weird. yeah, that sums up my impression of kind of how, how Japan yeah. approaches physical affection. <laughs> They're like at your that's wedding. So funny, like that's yeah, like, the uncomfortable in, part. Is <laughs> having in to kiss Japan, in public. The only time that I've ever seen people be affectionate to each other mm-hmm. is A, if they're teenagers. Yep. Um like if they're teenagers and like the only place they have is to like make out on the train. Right. Maybe but even then not even making out. No, just, it like, wouldn't even like, be on cuddling. the train. It would be like maybe like on a sort of a side street, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah more yeah, likely yeah. than a train. Yeah. Yeah. The only other time I've ever seen it is Again, on like a side street when people are drunk. Yeah, yeah. And even if they're drink. drunk, it's not yeah. even like yeah, super intense making out, just mm-hmm. like kind of playful cuddling yeah. or play fighting or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like when we went out on on uh, Christmas Eve, um, mm-hmm. that was like one of the only times I saw a bunch of people holding hands because it was all these kind of young oh, couples right. out on their dates. I was like, wow. On their I'd... Christmas Eve dates, which is also a Japanese That's thing. That's a Japanese thing, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they, they do vary by culture, but yes, this is yeah. God. Doctor Gary Chapman is writing this more from a you know kind of Western American sort mm-hmm. of uh, approach. 
Uh, cool. All right. So now we're going to bring it on back around to the polyamory. Bring it on back around. Yeah. So this is the thing is like, if you do have multiple partners, obviously it's so important to learn how to juggle multiple love languages. Mm -hmm. You need to become a love language polyglot. Yeah. You've been waiting this whole half hour I, to yes, make that I have. one. I, it's just, it's so perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. Yes. And it's true. Like you really do. You really do. You know, mm -hmm. like in, when you're in a monogamous relationship, even though people, an individual will respond to multiple love languages. That is true. Um, however, you know, when you have one partner, you have a lot of time and dedication in order to figure out like, okay, I know this is this person's love language. And so I can really perfect my ability to mm -hmm. speak to that person in their love language. Right. When you have multiple partners, like you got to get good at multiple love languages very fast. You have to learn to sure. be really flexible. Yeah. Um, and sometimes even if like you're not even aware of it, you'll, you will find yourself adjusting, you know, as we've shared mm -hmm. with you that, you know, like when Jace was in a relationship with Emily, that like that adjusted for him, even though he didn't right. normally respond to receiving gifts. Like when he realized that that was her love language, it changed how he felt about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I've my feelings with my partner recently have changed because of the fact of like how much more acts of service is a more present love language. Mm -hmm. You know, like you will find yourself kind of fitting into the mold of these different relationships, which sure. I think is actually a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the goal would be that it would allow you to find ways to, you know, appreciate all the different love languages more so that not only mm -hmm. do you get better at giving them, but you also get better at receiving them. And understanding mm -hmm. that maybe if someone's giving you a lot of gifts and that's not a major love language for you and you might feel like, well, I don't I don't know if this person really cares about me because they don't, you know, whatever, spend as much quality time or give as much physical touch in public as I would normally want. Kind of realizing, oh, but these gifts they give me or these little acts of service they do, like that is big for them. And so kind of understanding how to interpret the love languages as well as give them. Mm -hmm. And it's really important also to figure out what your own love languages are. Um, mm -hmm. And in our write-up, we'll include a link. There's like a really handy little quiz on yeah, takes, God, Dr. Gary Chapman's site. Six takes less than like 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Um, because it can be important for you to learn how do I communicate to my partner what my love language is? Yeah. And so that might be something where it's like, okay, well, I know that words of affirmation, like I respond really well to, I know that's my love language. And mm -hmm. so when my partner does give me words of affirmation, I know to like really encourage that to really be like, you know what? Like when you said that, that really made me feel good. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, being able to, and like being able to kind of, respond with your reactions appropriately versus just coming to your partner and being like, mm -hmm. Hey, by the way, like words of affirmation, do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think that the, the, the beauty of there being a short little quiz for this too, is that it's sort of a fun conversation thing too. Like yeah. uh, the, the thing that brought this up for me was just within the last couple weeks, uh, my partner Mochi, uh, you know, was like, Hey, do you know what your love language is? I was like, Oh, you know, it's been a couple of years since I took that quiz. Like, let me take it again. So I just took that real quick. And then we talked about it and compared our results and then I ended up talking about it that same day with another partner being like, oh, hey, Mochi just asked me about my love language. Do you know what yours is? Like, this is mine. And it led to a conversation there. And then a few days later, I went on a third date. And during the date, part of the conversation I brought up was just like, oh, hey, I've been talking with a couple other partners about love languages. Do you know what yours are? And she didn't really know much about it. So I kind of got to explain about love languages. And she's like, huh, like, I think mine might be this. But yeah, I want to go take that quiz. It's just kind of a fun 
thing to do that's not like a thing you do by yourself, just sort of meditative, but it's a good thing to talk to your partner mm-hmm. about because, you know, then you'll understand what theirs are and they'll understand what yours are. And you'll kind of both be on the same page about wanting to engage more with each other's love languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, like I said, we'll include the link. I'd recommend you go check out the quiz. You can check out God, Dr. Gary Chapman's book if you're comfortable being exposed to like very evangelical Mm-hmm. monogamous advice on relationships yeah. um you know not to completely discredit it and but very just so you know heteronormative that, that will be there gender binary in the book. Yeah, all sorts be of very, that stuff yeah very present in the book um, <laughs> very present yes yes, yes. <laughs> uh, or you can just listen to our episode again uh, just put it on repeat yeah. and yeah perfect. clearly that's all the knowledge you could get or um join us in next month's discussion group by joining us on patreon becoming one of our patrons yeah. there and then bring it up in the next discussion group and we can all talk more about love languages or in the private yeah. Facebook group that's for patrons only. Yeah. Uh, lots of fun things to do there. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate you in all five of these ways. <laughs> yeah. If we could touch you, we would. Yeah. We want to give you these this gift slash act of service of, of us recording of the, the podcast, podcast for you. Yes. We're so glad that you've chosen to t- take this quality of time mm-hmm. to hang out with us and yep. listen to us. Yes. Like we feel really appreciated <laughs> and we hope that we're able to extend that appreciation and love to you guys as well. Yes, definitely. And you can send us words of affirmation to our email at info at multiamory.com on Twitter at multiamory or on Facebook multiamory. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. All right. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Bye, Nora. Bye. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.